On this episode of the Fail Forward podcast, we talk to Sam Church, who lives in Bali. He talks about his philosophy of life as a game, and he thinks about different aspects of life as just getting through the levels and beating the challenges that are faced in front of you. With this episode, it's all about personal development. Sam coming across as the person that you're becoming is more important than the person you become. That's something that really stood out for me. Be the star of your own movie. Don't worry about everyone else's movies that they're in themselves. It's all about the movie and the person you're becoming. Oh, there's so many important things to learn from this. I can't wait to listen. Welcome to the Fail Forward podcast, where Dan and Adnan peel back the onion on our guest stories and on each other, all in an effort to change the narrative of failure. Enjoy the show. Welcome along, everyone, to the new episode of Fail Forward. Today, we've got a guest, a young entrepreneur from the southwest of the UK, from Cornwall, great place. After finishing university, um, Sam was in the personal uh, fitness space, which he was also doing on a cruise ship for some time, but realized that that wasn't the life that he wanted to live. He's now made some epic transformations. He continues to run multiple businesses um, on his terms whilst coaching and mentoring clients across the world and adding huge value to people wherever he goes. And I was one of the people that I had the pleasure of going for a run recently with. And hopefully, Sam, you can tell us a bit about your story today. So welcome, Sam Church. Welcome along. Thanks for having me, guys. Dan, Adnan, it's great to be here. It's a pleasure to be on this podcast because I remember, Dan, when we were running along, uh, when we were out in Dubai, and we went on that run where by Dubai Marina. I literally remember it like it was yesterday. We were jogging around and it, you were saying about wanting to launch a podcast and also with the running stuff that you were doing and like making it a combination of the two and with failure and overcoming that. And now it, we're actually here. So it just shows like, I mean, it's a, it was a pleasure to be in that first combo and it's a pleasure to be on this podcast. Yeah, no, you're a legend, Sam. I remember that run as well. And it was a time for me. So I spent a lot of time, I think I told you a lot about me being a stay at home dad didn't get into that corporate career back from the UK that I wanted, but my kind of life sort of shifted in many ways and, and to try and, you know, different things. Um, and I think that's important. But at that time, yeah, the running club was starting, it's only a few months old. And we had, I think, a couple of hundred members, you know, really quickly. It was growing. But yeah, the conversation that day, I remember, was, was I mean, I took so much from it. Um, things that you'd learn in personal development and you know kind of investing in yourself and I think that gave me a huge amount of motivation then to be able to just take action I think and we kind of hear a lot about you know oh, was it the, the, the film we watched um Top Gun recently don't think do just just take action I remember that Tom Cruise line that'll stay with me um but yeah you you always kind of you're pro taking action Sam as well but tell us a bit about if you can that time where you were a personal trainer on a cruise ship going back and what kind of thought process went through your mind where all of a sudden you realized that things needed to change and you needed to kind of work on your your mindset or your invest in yourself the way you have is there anything that happened that triggered that that moment for you that you can remember yeah so i think growing up i like we said before i grew up in cornwall literally just on the on the bridge of Cornwall, sort of fake Cornwall, across the bridge from Plymouth. Um, and yeah, within, 
well, as I was growing up, uh, I you know obviously did the standard where I went to school, came out of school, and then um, went and and travelled. So I went to New Zealand, Fiji, Thailand, coming out of uh, out of school. And on those travels, I learned so much about myself. Almost that was before I even got into the personal development industry. But I learned a lot about myself just through the action of traveling and understanding a bit more about okay this is the world this is some different cultures uh, you know being in thailand i mean the culture is very different out there <laughs> very different uh, for anyone who's been to thailand and then new zealand fiji like it's, you just learn so much i remember being in in fiji and we me and my best mate pierce we were traveling together at the time and we were playing um some it was like a sort of rugby with the local Fiji and with, with all the locals. And I just, that really stood out to me like, wow, this is like what life's about, you know, traveling, experiencing. And that was my first real form of personal development before I even got into this personal development world. Then society being society, um, I had always been sort of prompted to go to university. So I was loving traveling. Then from traveling halfway through, I was like, well, what am I going to do now when I get back? And all I knew was go to university, you know, study at university, then get a job. So I went to university, studied for three years at Loughborough University. And we did, I did sports science there. And no joke, I chose the top five unis in sports science. And I just applied to all of them. I didn't even look at the unis. Like that's how much I wasn't really internally driven to go, but I was like, this is just a thing to do, right? I'll just apply for the, the top five and be done with it. So anyway, I went three years later, I ended up 40,000 pounds in debt, which no one told me before going to uni. I'd hardly learned a thing in honesty. And it was an expensive piss up, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun too. Um, but it was an expensive piss up. So anyway, I came out of university and I was like, well, what am I going to do now? And I, I remember being there and I was, I was working as a personal trainer at the time at a place called Shanties. Shanties is a health spa in the UK. They've got like five in the UK now. And um, my manager there called Craig, they were launching a cruise ship in the Caribbean. Uh, so Shanties were partnering with TUI and Shanties were, it was their first ever cruise ship. And he was like, Sam, can you come on to the, the cruise ship and, you know, launch it and do your personal training stuff and essentially like run the fitness business um, for Shanties on the cruise ship. So I was like, why not? I love traveling um, and I'd just come out of uni. So I went and I, and I did it. But geez, man, anyone who's worked on the cruise ship, they know you get worked like a dog. The hours you wake up in the morning, like 6 a.m., you straight away, you're living on this cruise ship you go out we went into the the gym and then we'd work through till like 7 8 p.m at night and we get one and a half days off a week so that's why i was working 60 plus hour weeks and getting paid like 1500 1600 pounds a month and i remember being on that cruise ship and there were moments where i felt really low um i felt really low it was a there was a tough it was, I had some tough moments on there. And, um, and yeah, I remember waking up and being in this, in this dorm, uh, which was where I was staying. And uh, 
yeah, I, I just remember feeling super low and I knew that something needed to change. And that's when I was introduced to the network marketing business that I'm part of now. For someone who doesn't know much, if anything, about it, how would you summarize network marketing for me? Network marketing is the gateway. It's like a gateway drug into personal development and business. What I mean by that is it's, it's, it's a stepping stone into the entrepreneur world. So it allows someone to learn the basics of running a business, how to market, how to sell, how to recruit, which you need in any business for a very low investment and potentially a, a very high return. And then also it's a gateway into the personal development world. I had never done any personal development before I got into the network marketing industry. But I always think you do, you do, you take up the habits of the people who you hang around. So you get yourself into the network marketing space. The majority of people are into personal development. They work on themselves. Therefore you take up the habits of doing the same things to align with your peer group. So for me, that's what network marketing is. I've been fortunate enough to make a lot of money from it. Uh, some people don't, and that's okay. I think everyone gets, everyone gets what they're after out of network marketing, whatever they're looking for, they get. Some people, they don't wanna make loads of money from network marketing. Some people, they don't make loads of money in network marketing, but they go on to make loads of money in other things. Other people, they use network marketing as a vehicle to progress as a human being. And that's why I love the industry is, yeah, it's, it's not just about being at the top. It's about the journey that you go through being in that environment. Mm -hmm. Mm. So what are the businesses that network marketing led you to build? I'm curious about those as well. Yeah, cool. So I've got a coaching program that I do on the side of my network marketing business, uh, Limitless Coaching. Uh, in fairness, I launched that just over 18 months ago. I've done two launches and then my focus has, hasn't been there. Like I, I launched, I said I was gonna do one program, did one program at uh, the start of this year. And then since then I've been um, traveling around. And, but yeah, so a coaching, a coaching business and the Network Martin business uh, is from a business standpoint, but it's freed up so much of my time, effort, and energy to invest into other areas of life that I enjoy too. Um, so yeah, I'm blessed for the industry. Yeah. It's, I mean, Sam, I can relate, you know, this is where I met you through the travel business that you, you run that I also decided to take a leap of faith and, and look into as well. And it was my wife that said to me, you know, you like booking holidays. Why don't you get into, you know, the, the travel agent side of, um, you know, starting your own travel business. And I think I realized that I love going on holiday. I love traveling and it's done so much for me as a person, but I don't like booking travel. I realized, and I tried it and I helped a lot of people and especially through COVID, um, I helped a lot of families travel back to the UK, um, from Dubai. So that for me was like a, I felt like I was giving a lot of value and I was helping people. And that's the kind of space I suddenly realized that's what I enjoy. Um, about business. I, I enjoy helping people. And like you said, when you join a community, I started, you know, speaking and being part of this community where I was around like-minded people, entrepreneurs wanting to really positive motivation was, you know, a big part of it as well. And I think being around certain people like that just completely changes the way you act in life. 
that you respond to other people. You become more of a positive person yourself. Um, and I remember one of my goals then was to become as positive as I can or be the most positive person that I could be. And um, it was only last the few months that I finished um, kind of a bit of a dream job at Expo, running, helping out with mega events. And one of the comments I got from one of my peers was, you're the most positive person that you, you that we, we had as part of the team. And I thought, brilliant, that's, 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 that's kind of the success that I've got from, from this as well. But you're right, it's the personal development side as well. I started to learn so much and I think you've just taken it on another level and just been able to help yourself and then be able to help other people. So I'm curious to know a bit more about that. And before we do though, let me go into, so your Instagram account and I, I had a look, look through the other day and I was thinking, right, I'm going to just check up on something. I remember Sam writing down a while ago and it was, you, you often talk about your disappointments and that's not something people do a lot of the time. And I remember sweeping um, through and, and just finding a post where it's something you said yourself, you sweep under the carpet and you always want to post positive things. And there's me talking about being positive as I can be, but you need to kind of respect, you know, some of the disappointments you've had in life and the, and the failures and kind of bring that to light just to show people, you know, this is reality and it's not all, you know, plain sailing. Um, and how you've learned from those disappointments as well. So can you talk about some of those disappointments that you've had through your journey, whether it's of late um, and what you've learned from it? Of course. Yeah, I perceive, I mean, your, your podcast being fail forward, it's a, a great way to put it because I, that's how I perceive every failure. I think I used to try and sweep every disappointment under the carpet and then I soon realized that I would keep getting hit in the face with the same lesson until I, I learned the lesson. So I was like, I can either just keep sweeping this under the carpet and pretending it never happened, or I can address it and be like, what is the actual lesson uh, that I need to learn um, from this disappointment, essentially? Um, yeah, I think that that's a way that I've been able to, you know, look at it in a in a in a different light for example uh, if i take you to public speaking that used to be my biggest fear like i remember being when i was growing up uh, in school i was in sixth form so sixth form is i can't remember my age probably like 15 16 something around that age and uh walking into one of the pe classes that we had and my teacher called mr hawkins absolute legend um, but he put us all on the spot and he made us do this presentation and we were in a in a levels and there was six of us in the class and we were all like great mates and uh i remember we had to do this presentation in front of the the room i went up and i kid you not in front of six six of my mates i went bright red like a beetroot i couldn't speak like i was trying to get words out and my palms were so sweaty and I was like, my, my face was red and I just got so embarrassed that I ended up walking out this classroom and I, I just walked out. All my mates were laughing. I walked out. It's really stuck with me. And, and since then, I found public speaking to be uh, an area of my life which was, was a failure that I've, been that I've now been really motivated to become a strength. And I think in every failure, there's, there's a void there's a void and, and with a void, 
it can off avoid often becomes your value. That's how I see it. If you've got an area of, of, of weakness or disappointment, you'll often value that area a lot more if you start to put a focus on it because there's, there's a deeper pain attached to that thing. So for example, for me, public speaking, I had, a, I had a choice moving forward from there where I was like, I don't like public speaking at that point and, it, and I go bright red and I get embarrassed. So I have a choice now to either hide away from that for the rest of my life and when my mates get married and I want to do a best man speech, that same thing is going to hit me when I want to do that. So I'm, I was like, I can either push this to one side and, and not master this thing or I can take this failure and go, right, I'm going to work on this and it's going to be uncomfortable. But if I practice and I learn and I do, then I can turn that failure into something which is one of my biggest assets. And now public speaking for me is something that I really enjoy doing. But it's because there was a, a void there before. Like it was something which really, it, it hurt. Like it was pain. Like there was people laughing at me. I was, you're put on, you're put in front of a room where it's about as vulnerable as it gets. So for me, that void has now turned into a big value of mine and it's something that I now enjoy. So that's the way I perceive a, a failure. I think with a failure, you either decide to not work on that thing and just sweep it under the carpet or you look at it and go, what can I learn from this and how can I get better? And it's that perception and it's up to you what perception you have around it. There's no right or wrong. I just prefer to take the, the route that I have. Mm. Sam, okay, so I one, I strongly agree with everything you've said and yes, yes, and yes. While while we can while we probably in this room are pretty good at telling ourselves the importance of failure and importance of the fact that things are difficult before they are easy, it's very hard to convince someone that wants to improve, but maybe can't like internalize that mindset. Are there any tricks or different ways of like communicating that problem to someone that helps them actually realize that, no, I have to do the difficult thing or I have to take the risk because no matter as much as you tell someone that they, they still may not want to wake up and go through the pain of a workout or go up on stage and go through the embarrassment of messing up their words. My opinion on that is that as a worldwide, everyone's way too comfortable now. It was so comfortable that it is always, it's, it's almost like you don't need to go through those things. You have to be willing to put yourself through those things. But I have this saying where, I can't remember where I, where I heard it, but I have this saying where um, you, if you choose comfort for too long, discomfort will, will find you. So if you choose comfort for too long, discomfort will find you in other ways. For example, uh, if you choose the comfort of um, not going to work for a month and you're like, do you know what? It's going to be more comfortable to sit at home and watch Netflix rather than go to my job. Then discomfort is going to find you by your boss, probably taking you on a run from what we discussed a minute ago. <laughs> uh, but by, by your boss finding you and going, hey, like you haven't done what you said you would, you're fired. So for me, like if, if you're too comfortable for too long, discomfort will find you. Now, when it comes to public speaking, it's quite an interesting one because some people are never going to want to progress in that area. 
and that's okay. I think some you have to want to do the thing, like whatever it is, whether it be public speaking, whether it be the gym, whether it be business, whether it be in a in a relationship. There's there's no easy way. I think in the personal development space, people try and make everything seem so easy, but it's nothing's easy. <laughs> like if you want to get really good at something, it takes a lot of work. If you want to have a great relationship, it's going to take a lot of uncomfortable uncomfortable conversations, which you probably won't want to have. But if you don't have those uncomfortable conversations, you get the discomfort of having a relationship that's substandard because you don't have a voice or you don't understand one another. So that's from a relationship sense. From a business sense, if you choose comfort for too long, well, you'll probably look at your business in a year's time and go, it hasn't really grown because I haven't done any of the uncomfortable work that I need to do in order to, to build this thing. And so, yeah, that's how I look at, look at it. And I think like all areas of life, it has very much a game-like structure. I like to see it like a game where we're all playing the game of life. Say, for example, growing up, did you guys play, um, let me think of a good game, like Crash Bandicoot? Yeah. Yep. So Crash Bandicoot, you have the, the, I love the game. So you have, different, you have different levels that you go through. You start on level one. Like everyone starts on level one when they pick up the PS controller or whatever it is that, that people play on, right? Or Nintendo, right? So you pick up the controller, you start on level one. And in level one, you've got uh, the end destination. And then also in that game, you've got like the different, the little TNTs. So the TNTs are like the challenges that you need to overcome. But and then also you've, you've, you've got like the cool thing like you're able to jump over the TNTs and, you know, there's like, there's the apples that you eat and the apples give you extra points. And then you get to eat this one thing and you go faster or you jump higher. So what I mean by that is to get to the next level, there's challenges and there's also things that will help you. And there's no denying that you have to overcome the challenges in order to get to the next level. So if a listener, like, you know, the listeners that are listening in where your question, Adnan, was how can you help someone explain about going to the next level? I think if you're not willing to overcome the challenges that are holding you back, you just stay playing at the level that you are. And that's okay for some people. But like in Crash Bandicoot, if you want to go up the levels of life in any area, you have to be willing to beat the TNT and get to the next level. And sometimes you're going to play that level. You're going to hit the TNT. You're going to die and you're going to have to replay the level. And that's how you fail forward is the TNT is like the lesson and you either learn the lesson and you overcome it or you just stay on the same level. And I've detached myself now from trying to motivate people to improve their life. I more go, this is the strategy to improve. And if you want to improve, you can, or if you want to keep playing at the same level, then keep playing at the same level. Yeah. I love that because as I'm thinking about the whole TNT example, there there are some people that go get to the TNT and beat it the first time around, but there are also some people that may stay on a given level or challenge for months, switch off the controller, switch off the Xbox, sit back, think about it, go do it again. So like while you say yes, if you don't, you know, you may face that challenge a hundred times. 
so what? Eventually you'll get past it. The, ho- the hope is that you attack that TNT with a different strategy each time and eventually one of the strategies will work. Yeah, exactly. I think the, the bottom line is, is it's about keep playing, keep and playing the level until you beat it. You just keep playing. The only way you can, you can actually fail is when you stop. But if you keep playing and you learn and you, you learn the lesson, and like you were saying, is try a different strategy. You can't really lose because yeah, you may replay that level again. But at the end of the day, you try a different strategy. Okay, that didn't work. Okay, how can I pivot here and try something slightly different and then go again? But I think that the, the point in society where we're at now is people are so comfortable at the level that they're at, where some people don't, even, don't have any, any income and they get paid by, by the government. And I've actually, and that's okay, by the way, but like, everyone plays at their own level. But I had a, one of my mates growing up, his mum, she had a job and she was working something like 25 hours a week. And the reason she was working 25 hours a week rather than 40 hours, she would get paid more to work for 25 hours than she would to work for 40 hours. Because that the amount that she was getting paid for the 25 hours meant that she got paid an, an additional from the government. So she was like, well, what's the point of of earning, of going to work for longer to, to earn less. So she was like, I'm just going to play at this level because it's really comfortable. I'm working 25 hours and I get paid from the government. And that's the level that she wanted to play at. Um, but other people who, uh, who are motivated to go to the higher levels may look at it and go, oh, well, actually, I don't want to be playing at the level where I'm going to be getting paid the same to work 25 hours or 40 hours. Like, how do I go up these levels and transcend them? Well, I'm probably going to have to do something a little bit different here so that I can go, go up these levels. But she was comfortable at the level she was at. And that's the part I want to stress is it's like running, right? Running. Some people want to be elite marathon runners where they are hitting like stupid, trying to think of what, what my mate's just doing at the minute. He's, he's doing an Ironman and he's trying to get sub 10 hours, something stupid like that in an, in an Ironman. So the Ironman being a like t- 2.4 mile swim and 128 mile bike and then a marathon at the end. And he's trying to do it in sub 10. <laughs> so he's trying to play at a, at a really high level. Other people, they just, if they go for a five kilometer run, they're, ecstatic they're over the moon and that's the level that they're playing at they may not want to get to those high levels and that's okay by the way i love this game analogy because it's helping me also think about life in a very different way you know there, there are times sometimes where people don't want it but also what's interesting is sometimes people don't even know that levels exist above them right when you play a game like crash bandicoot or my big one was halo i love that game you know, when you know that there are 100 levels and you're stuck on level 50, you're more willing to hit that TNT or that enemy 100 times because you know that there is a 51 to get to. It's, it's there. You just have to get to it. Whereas a lot of time people, I mean, you put it in a simple way, it's like believe in themselves, but essentially they don't trust that there is a level 51 or anything after that. So there's, there's times, times where you have to just convince them that no, 
levels exist. They are simply there for you to grab. I agree like wholeheartedly. And that's the beauty. I see everything where there's two sides to everything. So social media, for example, there's two sides. It can be a huge distraction where you just end up being in the scroll hole and spending all your day consuming other people's lives. Also, on the other hand, if you want to view it in this life, in a game, it's a good opportunity to look at other people and go, wow, there are different levels that I can play here. Wow, like this person's achieved that. And by the way, you can't, you can't believe everything on, online, of course. But this, okay, this person's achieved that. I can either view this in a light where I go, uh, like I'm spiteful to that person, or I can go, okay, they're just playing a higher game than me. What's in the gap from where I'm playing and where they're at? Like how, for example, you, uh, you want to grow your Instagram following, as an example. Okay, if you find someone who's got 5K more than you, all right, how many times are they posting per day? Uh, what style of content are they posting? How are they showing up? Uh, what's the message that they're conveying? How consistent are they with that message? Okay, like that's the reason why I'm playing at this level and that person's playing at that level. Okay, how can I bridge the gap from where I am to where they are so that I can increase my level, if that's your goal? Uh, it's the same in, in running, right? And I'm using running because I know a lot of your, your followers are, are runners. So and like when we went for a rundown, we were running along all around like the Dubai Marina and it, it was a wicked experience. And um, now if we were trying to bridge the gap from the pace that we were running at compared to like an elite marathon runner athlete, then we would go, okay, what are they eating? How often are they training? What are they doing outside of their training to aid their recovery? Okay, what am I doing? What's in the gap from my level to their level? And how can I bridge that gap if that's the goal that I want to hit? And I think that's how we can look at any anything that we want in life and, and actually um, make it achievable in our mind is by not being having this deluded mindset like, oh, anything's possible, I just need to believe. It's like, no, who else has done what I want to do? And what do I need to do in order to, to get to that point? Like, what am I not doing and what do I need to start doing in order to, to go up the levels and get over the TNTs, so to say? I mean, uh, Sam, I was reflecting yeah. on so many things that you were saying then. Um, and I can go quite far back to a comment that you made. And I want to bring up the social media thing as well, because I think that's a really important discussion. Um, and the way people kind of perceive you and what you're doing and they're stuck on certain levels. And for some people, you know, you could be quite motivating, like you said earlier you're going from that switch from being a motivator or having lots of motivation to becoming someone that comes up with strategies to help those people to, to clear the void or to bridge the next gap to you know increase the next level. And there's a comment that I remember hearing recently about a lot of the running that I do and I post videos and stories of me trying to motivate people because I'm talking to a certain avatar or a certain person on social media that I want to be able to help, motivate, inspire and just almost like help their mental health in a way. But I realized that I, I, it could be like a detriment to their mental health as well. So someone seeing me running through Dubai on a nice hot sunny day, um, I didn't have a nine to, you know, I haven't got, I'm not in a job, I'm, I'm working on other projects, but I've got that freedom, the time freedom. And I'm thinking, great, I'm helping lots of people by posting my videos, but there's some people that sit and they, 
you know, dark, cold, wet day. They've lost their job. They're going through some really hard times in a relationship. And they're just thinking, I don't need this. I don't need to see this, this person, you know, living their, their best life, or whatever, trying to inspire me to run. And actually it's having quite an effect on my mental health. And there's a very fine line, I think, that you, that you can have as a, as an inspiration to someone or also, you know, affect their, their mental health on social media, especially. And I remember seeing very recently, Tom Holland, Spider-Man, the UK um, Spider-Man posted, he'd come off social media, he said, for a long time, because it was, he was finding it was really affecting his mental health. And he said he had to take a break away from it. And he just come on to do a post just to say, look, I'm still around, but I've just come on here to say that I can't handle, you know, social media, the comments, the negativity, and also, you know, me trying to be an inspiration to a lot of people and actually it can have an opposite effect as well. It's an interesting space, I think, at the moment, um, how you kind of perceive yourself on social media. And, and there, there are a lot of coaches out there at the moment that are all trying to do a similar thing where they're trying to encourage. And um, it requires a certain type of mindset, I think. And, but I'm in, I'm interested to know, you know, from your point of view, Sam, having been in the kind of the industry for a while, what's the best piece of advice that you've received from someone, um, about how to handle, you know, how you perceive yourself on social media or, um, about trying as you go. And I'll be also interested to see what the worst piece of advice that you've received from someone as well. Yeah. So best piece of advice was from one of my coaches and mentors, Paul Moore, who I've worked with for like three years now. And it's that everyone's on their own journey and they're trying their best. So no matter who it is, everyone's trying their best with their current level of knowledge, understanding, personal development. Everyone is trying their best. For example, people who spend their days going on people's um posts and giving negative like i don't want to use the word negative but projecting their the way that they feel onto them maybe there's a um maybe they're like yeah like a negative comment we'll call it that where they're getting aggressive or angry or uh, about something that that person said to me that's them trying their best to make themselves feel a little bit more significant because they don't know any other way to do it so I always think of, of it as if someone's, if there's a negative, like a negative comment on social media, I look at it and go, I hope they're okay. Because to actually go out your way to try and pull someone else down is just a matter of in life, we, we live in polarities where we have highs and we have lows. Uh, we have good, we have bad, we have happy, we have sad. Like, and we're always trying to live in a polarity where we'll get drawn back to neutral. So you'll find when you're flying in business, there'll be something else in your life that tries to pull you back down to, um, to, to level you out. Maybe someone will say a little comment and it's just like a, oh, you're flying. Like, let's bring you back down to, to neutral. Or for example, when people are really low uh, and, and they're, talk, they're, they're going, oh, I've had such a bad day. I've cried all day. I've been miserable. Everyone goes, oh my God, like, I hope you're okay. I'm here if you need me. Like, and that's, again, because they're low, people pull them up. And that, that perspective around polarities really helped me because it's like, rather than trying to chase this happy, perfect 
everything's amazing, life, no one's a bad person. Like it's all bullshit in my opinion, where we'll all get neutralized, where really we just live at, at, at a neutral and then we fluctuate from being lower and higher, happier, sadder. Like we feel good, we feel bad. Like we're just this beautiful perspective of life where we're flowing up and down and up and down. The problem with social media, in my opinion, is everyone projects the, the perfect, the good, that one photo where you know that, like we all know this, if we actually think about it, where say someone's a model, a model has post a picture in, uh, I'll use a guy as an example, because we're all guys, like a ripped up guy with like eight abs, uh, they've got massive biceps, they, their legs are pumping, and they're on the beach with like the, the palm behind, and they, t- they take this shot. We all know that that shot has been probably edited, been whitened, their skin's been changed, their teeth have been whitened, the background's got a filter on, They've, it's probably about the 50th shot that someone's taken of them and then they've gone through and chose the perfect one. So we all know that. And then if you, I think if you're spending a lot of time in that world, it comes down to a perspective shift with being like, this is what people are doing on there. And rather than trying to treat social media like reality, just treat social media like social media for what it is. And then treat reality as reality, because I'm not being funny. If I type in the hashtag Ferrari on Instagram, then I can see thousands and thousands of Ferraris within the space of a second. But if I walk out the door here in Bali and look for a Ferrari, I'm going to be looking for a long time to find a Ferrari. So it's social media, social media, reality is reality. If you want to make social media and reality the same, then you're probably gonna mess up your mental health, in my opinion. Yeah, what do you guys think? That's an interesting point. I'm, I'm waiting for Adnan to, he looks like he's leaning in for a, an answer there. I'm absorbing it. It's, I find it's, a, you're right, Sam, finding that middle ground, that balance is almost like that's where you want to be. You need to accept the journey, you know, of life and the challenges. And I think that's, that's kind of what makes you, I think you can't like going back to learning from your failures and disappointments. And that's what molds you and, you know, the highs are the highs, but I think, yeah, finding that kind of that balance and middle ground, that's, that's the place where you want to be. You want to, you know, have some kind of peace and you know, a bit of tranquility. And I think the older you get, certainly getting to my age now, I've got kids. Peace is quite high on my agenda, <laughs> my list. So if I get five minutes, I'll just go and, you know, sit and reflect somewhere and, um, you know, try and stay off social media and, and, and I think work on your own mental health as well. And that's why I like running so much as well, because it gives me that time to be able to just go off and, you know, sometimes I like to post, sometimes I just like to have no recording, just, just a bit of me time as well. But yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, there's something interesting. There's an interesting tendency about social media because when something good in your life happens, you want to share it with the world. When something bad in your life happens, you pro you don't really want to share it with anyone. You want to maybe share it to your close friends. So there's a level of like discomfort in saying, I'm going to make a video of me being vulnerable or crying 
or showing myself in pain to the world, not because I don't want to, but because that's inherently something you don't just share with anyone who's following you. So the social media tends to almost lead or lend itself to exclusively positive things because those are easier to share with anyone and everyone, regardless of how close they are with you. I I agree. Yeah, the people at the top of their game in that space tend to very the very generic statement, but tend to sway towards being more vulnerable. And I think this is where I think this is where the the world is kind of messed up in the social media space where it's it's easy to and I think it I'm having this insight now but I think it comes down to just everyone caring way too much about what everyone else thinks where it's easy to post the positive posts it's easy to post that life's amazing because inherently we want other people to look at us and be like oh that guy's got got his shit together that guy's inspiring and we think that the portraying a positive picture of ourselves actually does that. Whereas in reality, this really was one of the biggest breakthroughs for me with personal development is not trying to not trying to attain positivity, but actually actually obtaining a neutral and seeing both sides to be like, this is the positive, this is the negative. So seeing both sides, because then we're living in reality rather than being deluded, but and then choosing to play the card that is going to be best aligned with the result that we want. So rather than, and I think back in the day, less so than what I see on my, my feed now from the people that I follow, it used to be like positivity. Oh my God, life's amazing. Like everything's perfect. And there is still that out there. Now, I try and see it as, yeah, there is that side, that there's a lot of good that's going on in the world. There's also a lot of things that are pretty dark and evil. Okay, so I'm going to see both sides of the story. Now I'm living in reality because in everything, there's two sides to everything. Uh, And then that brings me neutral. And then I decide to take the action off the back of that that's going to give me the best result. Now I'm saying that as if I get it perfect, I do not get it perfect at all. <laughs> but I'm this is my understanding around it. Uh, in reality it's you know we we're playing the game. So we don't get it right every time. We fail a lot of the time and that's okay. It's part of the game. Thanks for listening. Leave us a review. Tell us what you think. Find us at Instagram failforward.pod you know someone that wants to be on the show or if you want to be on the show give us a shout dm us we'll see you soon